What's with this Friday music? Well, we've been so sporadic lately. Just wanted to play this to start the podcast today, which should be quite quick. Uh, we will talk Whole, Food, Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, why uh, my literal self strikes again and I dislike being thanked for this. And it's actually a privilege for me to be a part of something. Let's, uh, let's start briefly with football, shall we? Um, it's been a long time since, uh, since a Sunday let me down. Flipped on the TV yesterday, late in the afternoon, fully intending to have some Taylor Swift in my life, and bang, there was nothing but a crappy football game. And no mention, nothing of Taylor Swift. I have been so utterly fascinated by it. I love how the NFL and other places had to come out and say, she's allowed to be a fan just like anybody else. We appreciate new people she's bringing to the game, blah, blah, blah. And it was great for both parts of my life because I, I enjoy following sports. And obviously, I work on a radio station and what I do for my day job, Taylor Swift is a big part of. By the way, if you would like, um, the Heiress Tour movie is Friday night. Uh, it comes out across the country, the 13th. That's her favorite number. Friday the 13th, we are going to the 720 showing at uh, Cinemark at Franklin Park Mall. You can come tailor-gating with us if you would like a special, I think, blue lavender tailorita. We'll have the friendship bracelets, some tailor trivia, and a bunch more. I truly do not know what to expect. I am looking forward to seeing what this spectacle may or may not be like. Um, I'm guessing there will be some some stories to talk about with the Taylor movie coming back from the weekend. My my gut says there will be a lot of people who want to relive going to the concert and they'll go to the movie, um, which is what I've encouraged some people to do. I think there will be a lot of other people who had no shot in hell in tick for the tickets for one reason or another. They got beat by Ticketmaster. They thought they had them, and then the tickets went away. Some plans fell through. The money just wasn't going to work out, and they will be ecstatic to just spend, what, 20, 30 bucks for an evening of of Taylor doing what she did, like 44, 47 songs, two hours long. So I'm curious to see how long this movie is, what the production is like. And I think in if, if I had to bet, I would make a small wager that... Friday night around the country when this movie is released, it is a small concert experience, um, which would still be a big deal for people who adore and love Taylor Swift. I would not be surprised if when we went on Friday that a lot of people are going to find out we were tailorgating and they're going to be disappointed that they were in line the whole time. They could have came and hung out with us. So I think there will be some level of a spectacle for this movie, even though it's just a movie, but you're talking about a tour that was hundreds of millions of dollars and twisted and stimulated economies. I think in a small way, that's going to happen with this movie on Friday night. Um, I, uh, I've been feeling, and I don't know if it's the seasons, I don't really buy the change of season, temperature jumping all around. I guess on its own, that can be a bit disorienting. But last week, I felt like I was fighting something um, and it was like a little bit of everything and and it, it wasn't COVID. I took a COVID test. It's like my fourth one. Failed it or passed it, however you wanted to look at it. But for some time now, and it really got on my nerves last week, I was feeling um, 
a bit lethargic and tired here during the afternoon. I am not going to drink coffee or I cut my caffeine off at two o'clock. I'll have a soda, but there's no way I would go get Dunkin' anytime after noon. I would be up through the next day. Um, so I was tired with the lethargy. I was not going to let this linger. I have gone back to tracking my mood and my feelings and my body and my energy level. And uh, Friday, my doctor swooped in and I, I said, hey, I feel a little bit like I did a couple of summers ago, as I did for some years, where I felt tired and I just wanted to lay down. My body was like, it was like carrying weights. So let's ratchet down. Let's dial down the Cymbalta, which we did before. And I got that energy. He added the Wellbutrin. I forget what we started at, but it's 300 now. So we go from 30 milligrams of Cymbalta down to 20 and the Wellbutrin stays the same. I'll keep you updated. If all of a sudden I make a, uh, a line of various doctor appointments and uh, my boss doesn't get back to me on time and I frantically text, call, or email her, I'll know that in that 10 milligram difference is where my anxiety was locked up. And regardless of the lethargy, I will have to go back up and we'll have to explore other avenues. Um, Back to football for one second. I know that... um, there is S-O-L-P-T-S-D. Same old lions and all the stress and heartache and disdain and every other negative emotion that they have caused for decades. They have one playoff win in like half of a century. And if you take out the Barry Sanders years, um, I did this math a long time ago when I was working in sports radio like 2012 or so, if you take out the Barry Sanders years, where they were a good football team, still they only won one playoff game, um, it is like an embarrassing all-time losing franchise. Now, they've had some good years, a couple of playoff years, two maybe, maybe in 12 and then like 14, 15, where they lost on a bad call against Dallas, but they were in over their heads. They always had like big blind spots, Like, the same old Lions feeling was still there. Again, I don't watch sports like I used to, but I follow it as as ardently, as enthusiastically as ever before because it is, you don't have to be a dumb sports fan anymore. You can't say that team sucks when there is a pile of data and statistical evidence for you to, for somebody to say, no, they actually don't suck. Like, I can support them not sucking. Will you walk that back? No, I'm just going to call the Sports Talk Radio and yell that they suck. Okay. You began to see it last year as a Lions fan. um, But they're winning where they just missed the playoffs last year. And the word I described last year's team, having followed the Lions and been around them for like a good part of the last 20 years and having been a fan of Barry Sanders in the 90s, so having followed that team then with Herman Moore and Brett Perryman and Scott Mitchell and Chris Spielman on defense and on and on and on. Like, I was very familiar with that team, even though I never knew I was going to wound up in Detroit in just a couple of years. The C word. And it's surprising, looking back at the very first press conference from their their, their new head coach, uh, Dan Campbell, I did not expect this to be a part of that, but... Hey, I don't follow it that closely anymore, and a lot of people probably missed like I did. Last year, they showed something that I have not seen in a Lions team in a long time. 
competency. No more dumb mistakes. No more careless, poorly timed, ill-timed turnovers just when they were about to put a game away. Those, those SOL traits faded away. And I knew it was going to take another season or into the offseason, a start like they're having now for people to believe a little bit. And I'm sure plenty of people are still thinking, Eric, they're going to let me down. And I'm not going to tell you otherwise. I will just tell you that this is a, this is a legitimately good football team. They are, and again, it starts with being competent. And um, a lot of times being good in the NFL, you just need a couple of things. Um, don't, don't have a lot of penalties much of which can be just good coaching. Don't make those mistakes. Don't turn the ball over. And uh, be good on third down. That that That's it. There's like some little things that if you're just competent at the basics, you'll be a good football team. You'll win eight games almost automatically. And then if you've got some talent, as the Lions do, you wind up winning 11 or 12 games. And these words came out of my mouth last week when I was talking about Usher being the halftime performer for the Super Bowl. I was like, yeah, and and it's not complete lunacy to go, the Lions, at least as things are right now, deserve to be in the conversation to be in that game. There are two teams with more wins than the Lions right now. Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers. Both teams are uh both teams are five and zero. Oh. The Lions are a concrete four and one. And they lost to a Seattle team that's a pretty good football team. Um, we didn't talk about it. There's no podcast on Friday. We had the McDonald's. Oh, Ronald McDonald House Radiothon. Thank you if you're one of the ones that helped us raise 40K in a day. Um, people that are connected to the house, Chad and Adam and, and family members and anybody that, that's part of that cause, several people thanked me for doing what I did. And literal me took over. Like, ah, don't thank me. First of all, uh, in total black and white, this was a work thing. Work sent me here. However, if this was not a work thing and I got a call from Chad or Adam at the Ronald McDonald house and they're like, hey, can you do X, Y, or Z event here in the middle of December? Hell yeah, I can because I think they're good people over there and I think what they do is special because I couldn't imagine having a child, let alone having a child that might die and live an hour away and have to worry about where we're eating, sleeping, and everything else and showering. And for, for the Ronald McDonald House to do that, which, by the way, started with the Philadelphia Eagles 41 years ago, I am more than happy to help them. So I did not need a thank you for the success of the Radiothon or what I did. It was I need to say thank you humbly um, with hat in hand. It was a privilege. It was an honor to help make that thing a success. Um, Whole Foods will be closing on Friday the 13th with deep, with deep discounts, which means I still probably can't afford or want to buy or pay some of those prices. I've been to that Whole Foods, I don't know, maybe a dozen times, and I've never done a solid shopping there. I have bought a handful of items that, for the most part, I can't find elsewhere, and that looks like a kind of salsa or a peanut butter or... or chips, a snack that I can't find elsewhere. Sure, I'll pay $5.99 for that bag that I can't get elsewhere. They had a very wide variety of uh, craft beverages, but a lot of places do. But every time I went into that Whole Foods store, and it didn't turn out to be the less expensive, the smaller boutique Whole Foods 365, which I guess is like their version of Aldi. And aren't Aldi and Trader Joe's connected somehow? 
You might find this hard to believe, but for the first time that I can remember, I went to Aldi a couple weeks ago because chicken was cheaper there than Kroger and somewhere else. I think it was like $1.99 or $2.29 a pound. So hell yeah. I'll be like my mom. Get a little bit here, here, and here. Um, every time I would walk into Whole Foods, if you've been to that store, you start off in the produce and, and fruits and vegetables section. And I I am not kidding you. There were time there would be times I'd look at the stuff and I would just laugh. Because the stuff was two or three times more than what I would normally buy, whether it be at Kroger, which is a little pricier than you know, Walmart or certainly Monette's. Uh, when I go, if I go to Monette's once a week, I basically have fruits and vegetables that I need for what I need for the week. I'll I'll say sometimes I have to make a midweek run because I ran out of a cucumber too fast. And I grab, I spend like twenty five bucks a week um, at at Monette's, and that that could, all fruits and vegetables. And to see these things, two cucumbers for seventy, two cucumbers for a dollar fifty at Monette's. That one cucumber at, at Whole Foods might be $1.99. Forgive my language, but fuck you. Then I would make my way um, to the meats, fish, and poultry. And I would see that it would be like, what, $5.99 a pound for chicken? You can go take a flying buck. No pun intended. Are you... I always knew what Whole Foods was, but that place catered to people that lived in Ottawa Hills, and, and that's about it. Because if you're shopping in there and paying those prices... You are doing your debit card and your bank account a disservice because the food, like the meat and the poultry and the produce, is no better or worse than what I'm buying elsewhere. Um, that was that. Uh, you are. Oh, I saw some people. Where, where am I going to drop off my? Where am I going to drop off my Amazon packages? Good thing you asked. I am an I am an Amazon returner. In fact, I might be returning what's sitting next to me here because I'm waiting for the same product from Target. Um, I have all, one of my hesitations before doing a lot of shopping online was, I don't want to return this stuff. I don't want to go to the post office. I can't wrap anything, box, tape, all that stuff. Good for you if you're an eBay shipper or an Amazon seller and you're going to the post office and keeping them in business. Thank you. But at Kohl's, all I have to do is, I have to go into my Amazon app, say I'm returning this, tell them why. They send me a QR code. I walk with the product without the box. If I, if I don't have the box, I take the, the product and a QR code to the person at Kohl's. They scan it. They take it uh, They take out of my hands and then, what's this? And then they immediately uh, send the email that says, I'm getting my refund. Take your stuff to Kohl's to return it. Why don't we have a Trader Joe's? I did not have, when I moved to Detroit, back to Detroit in 20, 2012, I discovered Trader Joe's. We did not have it where I lived back in Pennsylvania. I was like, oh, I like this place. You know, Trader Joe's store brand or off-brand things, a lot of things that are sodium-free, not expensive. Some of these prices are really inexpensive. I'll shop here. Um, Then I moved here. I was like, this place is dying for a Trader Joe's. And then I began to hear why it didn't happen. And it's the same story over and over and over again. Even as this, where we live, has changed. Um, it does not make economic sense for Trader Joe's to be here. Eric, it didn't make economic sense for Whole Foods to be here. I know, but they were really in Ottawa Hill's backyard. And if they were going to be one place, it was right there. And you think, look, I don't know the the inside baseball of the Trader Joe's economics. I've just seen the same thing um, 
over and over again. The economics don't make sense for them. The, the median income, what we make here, isn't enough for them to want to put a store here. And I know it doesn't make sense. You're like, I thought their prices aren't really that high. Look, don't ask me. Call Trader Joe's. Don't ask them for a store. Ask them why there isn't one here. But this question has been asked for years since I have lived here. The same question. Has anybody ever wondered why there's not a Trader Joe's here? Why don't we have a Trader Joe's here? And I'm going to wrap up the podcast with this. Um, Do you think if Trader Joe's believed, excuse me, do you think if Trader Joe's believed they could make nice profits here, they'd already be here? The answer is yes, they would be.